this meeting is being recorded. It sure is. Hello, hello, hello. Joshua, another week. Is it? Has it really been a whole week since we've last spoken on recorded quality? You know what? Speaking of quality, while (laughs) we're here, something happened to Josh's audio last week. Oh, my God. I And we can't even name what that something is because we don't know. We don't know. Something is up with my microphone. I apologize to all of my fans. I've let down a community, I feel. <laughs> I'm working I on just, it. I'm literally like mouth is up against the microphone right now. Yeah, he's giving me like full performance <laughs> and he's lip to lip right now. It's that ASMR. Was like, yeah, it's ASMR. Um, how was your week? How are you doing? I think it was fine. I mean, I don't even know anymore. It was it was what it was. The week was okay. I can't think of anything that happened that was majorly uh, like very good or very bad. I've been loving the. I, I miss the humidity as as we discussed. I am a summer girl, so this is fine. Today is okay, but I do. Um, I want to sweat again. You know. You know. Okay. I think someone tweeted. I mean, it's been, it's like common knowledge if you live in Toronto, but we go straight from winter to. There's no like clean segue. There's no transitional period. And it's been like this mostly for like the last, I'm going to say 10 years. Cause I, there was a period where we did have spring. Heard of it. Yeah. And we've like, we have pretty decent falls. I feel sometimes, but it's straight like muggy winter ending into mm-hmm. straight under boob sweat summer yeah. yeah and then this week said you guys want a little bit of winter you want a little bit of snow <laughs> Would you like some snow on the ground? <laughs> <laughs> um oh i have a question for you because i feel like all the time i'm talking about things that you would have expected me to have watched before in the past but mm-hmm. spoiler alert i haven't is there like what is a movie or a TV show that you think that I would expect you would have already watched but you haven't actually seen? Oh my god, I think like uh like what you think I ha- would yeah, so I'm every Yeah, like I've not se- I hadn't seen the notebook before. I had yeah, 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 yeah. um stepmom, you know, one of those things where it's like wh- what are you doing, Josh? Why did why are you asking me this? Because I wanted to come up with a fun question and this was the <laughs> best I could do. I feel like, like I've not, ne- I've honestly never seen Sharp Objects, which. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I just like, I think if you know just me, rude. like you, yeah. it's rude it's and rude. ignorant and like it's on paper, my, like, like very much for me. Um, I feel like. Six Feet Under, which I've seen some of, and I know you love, yeah. and it's. Just something I really haven't given the time of day to. Yeah. I don't know, because sometimes I feel like I've seen everything and then I'm like, no, there's obviously that's untrue. But like, yeah, I feel like those are the two that. Yeah. And then like some classic movies that sometimes I just like nod and smile and I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. The Godfather. No, that I've seen. I, mean, I like, haven't even seen The Godfather. It's like giving to you like when you're born into Italian family and you're like, oh, I have to do this. Yes. It's like you I know you love Scarface so much and you have the poster right behind me. (laughs) That was like the resident room poster in every like first year cinema student's wall. 
Well, in my childhood bedroom, there is a Fight Club poster that I had when I was, and we've talked about this briefly, where, like, yeah, I had a Fight Club poster, (laughs) and I enjoyed the movie. It's not something I would put on my walls, and if you're a friend of mine, or you know me, you know that, like, my decorating is just, like, movie posters (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) I'm pretending that there's this whole other side of you that, like, the favorite movies are Fight Club and Spring Breakers and now Scarface. Yeah. That's what I'm pretending. We're currently buying like things to decorate the new yeah. apartment. And you know this, obviously, but I, I my Little Women poster that I ordered has come in. Oh, good. Which one did you end up going for again? This like minimalist. Show it to me now. No, I don't have it on me, but yeah. it's kind of like this. I have to get a frame still, but it's... Uh-oh. Wait, you are freezing on me, Jordan Apps. Uh-oh. Ladies and gentlemen, we have <laughs> he's he's frozen. Oh, wait, I now you're moving. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? You completely froze there. Well, it just came up. Your internet connection is unstable. And honey, guess what else is unstable? <laughs> A, lot. Oh. A lot. A <laughs> lot. Um no, it's like a cartoon, not cartoony. It's like a, what the fuck am I saying? It's a caricature <laughs> poster, like with big teeth and big eyes of the whole woman <laughs> cast. <laughs> I love that. No, it's minimalist. It's really sweet. But yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know how we got here. It's Sersha's giant caricature face riding a roller coaster on. <laughs> well, I had, I had to stop what I was doing because I almost bought like unintentionally three Sersha Ronan movie posters in a row and I was like I can't I would I can't have a museum dedicated to Saoirse Ronan that is my home not in just an apartment if one day I had a giant home for absolutely sure that makes sense to me we're in the Saoirse room come on in yeah well you also have like a art pop media wall I it is very art pop (laughs) yeah you're right yeah I think my living room right now is kind of dedicated just to abstract art and photos but the kitchen has you know there's my scott pilgrim poster which you gave me and my survivor thing that you gave me we have eternal sunshine the descent my many lisa and uh my black mirror poster as well so it is art pop you know i think i love it obviously yeah it's very much my thing and then (laughs) it's just interesting because like there's some people it's like no posters i know and i don't get it i want to put my personality your interests there's nothing my favorite movies yeah no come on um while we're talking about this at my old apartment when I first moved in I got a you're saying yeah but the story is about you I got all these posters framed it was like (laughs) gone girl spring breakers the the scene from every time when they're outside by the piano and then a Texas Chainsaw Massacre one and then like something else so like Josh had been to that apartment five million times. And by the end of when we were like maybe just talking to people about like moving, he goes, I have to, I have to be honest with you about something. I have to be honest. And I said, What is it, Josh? And you said, That spring breakers poster, it's just not you. <laughs> it's not. And I stand by every word that I said. Cause in our friendship of now six years, not once has Jordan quoted. <laughs> Spring Breakers. <laughs> Not once has Jordan brought up, hey guys, you know what movie I really love? 
spring breaker. It's just not, I'm not convinced. And I wasn't convinced. I, I, I'm, I'm not like, like, uh, Potomac Queen Candace Dillard where it's like I'm not wearing a Metallica shirt and can't name a Metallica song but it's kind of like my poster taste for like what I want is usually like a film that at least I enjoy but then Mm. like visually the poster is aesthetically pleasing Mm -hmm. but now you called me out so now I'm only trying to buy stuff I can like stand beside and defend I love that I've inspired this yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I'm sorry if that I'm sorry if that made you feel insecure about your poster choices, but, you know, I think I just really want you to be happy and live your happiest life with things that you actually love. (laughs) And that means a lot. I watched the first... Um, You mentioned something. Hold on, go. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, I watched the first 13 minutes of Spring Breakers and I knew, and I was like, "I, I have to leave. I have to get out. Oh... Not in theaters, I should say. I was watching it on my laptop, but I just knew oh my it wasn't God. for me. I saw it in theaters and it was like on a Sunday night, later mat, not mat, mm. later matinee, matinees during the day, like a late night screening. A late night um, matinee. And it was that opening weekend, but it was like at the time when you were reading the Twitter reactions happening mm. at the same time. And you're like, oh, I'm getting the audience that's going to literally be split in half. Yeah. And I knew what I was getting myself into. They didn't. They didn't. And I was like, this is the worst audience in the world. And it was crazy. And then the every time scene happens and it's just like, what the fuck is this? Uh, Suffice to say, I miss going to the movies. That's That's the TLDR of this podcast, I think, is that we really miss the theater. I mean, I haven't seen Spring Breakers in literally probably since that weekend I saw it in theaters and I don't know what I would think of watching it now. There's only one way to find out. I'm not going to do it. No. <laughs> what were you um, going to ask before I rudely interrupted you? No, you didn't. I, for someone who literally only speaks over you, both in our friendship <laughs> and on this podcast, it's deserved. <laughs> you mentioned the many Lisas. Yes. And... There was a reunion this week, Josh. There was a reunion. A reunion of friends. So, you know, it's a hashtag that maybe some have muted on Twitter and it's a reunion some have said no heart to, you know? And, you know, to each their own, I completely understand both sides of the coin in this case. I think that with a show like Friends, there is a fervor and behind yeah. it. And I mean, listen, it, it was pop icon. When it was on the air, it was the pop icon. Um, but I can genuinely say that ever since it left the air in 2004, I never watched it. I never like rewatched an episode. What was your relationship with Friends? So it's like mixed because when I was just getting into like TV and all that, yeah. I was just like buying seasons, like all the seasons. And I got into friends, I think by through like seeing enough reruns on TV. And it was like, I have to be honest, it was like my first love, you know, like I was like, okay, this is so cool. I think it's like mostly pretty funny. I love the women, which is obviously where we agree on that. And I think our defense not of the show, but I, I listen. I said it uh, two podcasts ago. I've seen the most of the series a lot. Yeah, like 
your point. I have not watched it in the last few years. I mm-hmm. do. I will always watch the uh, Christina Applegate, the first episode, because I think that's like a perfect sitcom episode. It's mm-hmm. just incredible. And her performance is incredible. The show ages like milk. Which is what the issue is. And if they just recut it and it's just the women, 10 out of 10. Best that come of our lives. Wow. It is. It's, I don't know. It's hard. Like the reunion. What, what, what were your thoughts? I enjoyed it. You know, I, I've read like a bunch of like pieces on it kind of saying it was a little bit too glossy or a little bit too uh, rose colored glasses, I guess, looking back at the show. And it was mostly just to kind of promote the fact that you know, streaming now, you know, but, um, I enjoyed it and it, it made me emotional at certain points because it does take me back to like yeah. a time period in my life. I remember in grade yep. seven, I wasn't even like that much of a fan, but my, a friend of mine in my class, she was like, we need to join this one internet forum <laughs> and we can bond about friends together. And so we did for like a short period of time, but like it, it literally would bring me back watching this reunion. It brought me back to those days when I was like a grade seven kid, kind of excited for the next Thursday's episode. Thursday mm-hmm. nights were like an event. Yeah, it's part of that. Like, I mean, it's so fucking weird to think about that this show ended, what, 17, 17 years, years ago? Yeah. 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 And for us, I feel like it doesn't feel that far away, but it now it really was kind mm-hmm. of a, a different life ago, which is why looking back on it, it's like, are we going to remember this show? Like it was perfect. Like yeah. those are my issues with it. Cause like comparatively the Fresh Prince reunion, I have no real attachment to that show, but that reunion is perfect. I sobbed my eyes out. Hmm. It was really well done. And I have mm-hmm. an attachment to friends. And I kind of went into this one being like, well, you know, a lot of the jokes on the show are like gay panicky and yeah. there's a, a lot of like just issues aplenty. And for the most part, I think through like a nostalgic lens, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'm I'm basic in that way because I was like, yes, I want yeah. to see them hug and go through the set. And that's it. Sometimes that's all you want when it comes to these sort of like nostalgia based yeah, like revisits to certain things. It was just kind of nice to see. And I, I mean, unless they're all acting as well, it really does seem like they genuinely love one another too, which helps the chemistry of it all. Um, and again, like the women, the women, it cannot be said enough just how great the women are in this cast. They, I honestly think even now, because I do think that, the, I do think the characters are, very one-dimensional like phoebe is the kooky one and yeah. rachel is the as she starts off the like uh entitled prissy i guess for lack of a better term mm-hmm. and then uh monica is the type overachiever type yeah. a, type a exactly but there's so much like the acting is so much more than that and like obviously we both together love lisa so much and yeah. our performance favorites of hers will always be the comeback but her work on friends is like something you can't discredit at all not at all jen is a fucking star and i think her comedy is forever underrated but mm-hmm. courtney will never get yeah. say it say, say it. it she will never get the credit that she deserves for friends she is the only one of the cast who never won an emmy which is criminal 
because I think they look at it and it's like, oh, she's just playing this type A, like you said, character and that's it to it. But Monica was, or what Courtney brought to her was just so much more. And I hate fucking like standing the show right now because I'm not, but I'm like, it's the women, like the women. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I really do think that she was just so great at presenting this character as one dimensional as she could be at certain points and problematic at other points. But like, she was just excellent. And I, I, I always think about the fact, and not always, but she does not have an award or an Emmy for this performance, which still makes me angry. Like, I just, based on like fairness, how do you give five out of six of the cast members an award? Like what message are you trying to send to this poor girl? You know? You you were the worst. Yeah, <laughs> That's why she did the bangs for Scream 3. Oh my God, stop. She was like, well, you know what? Fuck it. Get me my scissors. Like, Courtney Cox, just in general, though, is like, I feel so underrated as, a, as an actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You watched Cougar Town, right? Yes. Yeah, you did too. Yeah. At least the first, like, two seasons or three seasons. Yeah, I think I, I stuck within it for, like, four or five. It was that mm-hmm. weird ABC, like, it was suburgatory. Yeah. Uh, suburgatory. <laughs> I've not heard that word in so long. We were suburgatory girls, weren't we? <laughs> Like, honestly, it was a show that I avoided at first, but once I got into it, I was like, mm, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was that era of just like, we're not moving to like, I guess, streaming comedies yet, but yeah. we were still in that weird influx of like, we're moving from sitcoms into, um, I don't know what the term is, those kind of comedies. Yeah. <laughs> like, not like, are you talking about single cam comedies? In terms- yeah, I was yeah, going to yeah. say that, but I was like, there's more than one camera. Um <laughs> Happy endings, uh, everything of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, what's that other one? Ted, better off Ted. Never watched that. Oh, you would love. Would I? Was that with Porsche? It was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Porsche it was with Ross. Porsche. <laughs> <laughs> Heard of it. Um, so yeah, I think overall. I enjoyed it. Did it need to be an hour 44? Probably not. Probably not. But I watched all of it. Absolutely. Did I need Lady Gaga's cameo? No way in hell. Probably not. No. (laughs) But I was right there on my couch, smiling away. (laughs) I have to say, Jen's commitment to like a boot-cut jean, a turtleneck, and just like a watch. It can't be beat. I love. It can't be beat. (laughs) She has that look. Locked down, patented even. That's when I turn 50, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. Also, I know this is like redundant and they brought it up kind of in the reunion, but Lisa's laugh is the cure. It's music to my ears, really. And they could have just shipped. I wish they showed the other bloopers because there's like the bagpipe. The bagpipes. I was waiting for that one. I was waiting for the bagpipes to come out. I was like, we got pivot. I was like, that no one cares. Mm-hmm. Flop. Yeah. Give me bagpipes. Give me bagpipes. Bagpipes outsold them all. <laughs> Number one on the charts. I think that's enough time spent on friends. That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, what else have you been watching this week, Jordan? Why don't you tell us? What what's going on? 
Okay, you know, it's been a really busy week, so I didn't get to watch a lot. I mean, I've watched things, so Mm -hmm. we're going to go just kind of all over the place today, and I know that's so rare of this podcast to not have construction or order. It's Yeah. So really briefly, because I know this is like so weird when we talk about on here, but I texted Josh earlier in the week and I said, hey, LOL, wouldn't it be funny if I watched a season of Survivor right now? (sighs) We're going back to our roots. We are going back to the beach beginnings right now. So I said, recommend me a season, please. (laughs) And I did. And I recommended season 32, Korong, Brains versus Beauty versus Bronze 2. Yep. So, yes, because there is another B versus B versus B. BBB. Yep. BBB. I do think, and I'm going to say this, um, it's one of my favorite seasons I've watched in, I haven't finished it yet, but I'm like almost done. Mm-hmm. And it's also a season I would say, if you have been hearing and watching people all of a sudden get into Survivor, like I myself did, and you're like, I don't know yeah. where to start. And you don't want to start at one. You might want something a bit newer. I don't know. I think this season is the perfect like in and out kind of watch for you. I agree. I think it's yeah. very, it's it's new. So it's not like you're not going to be watching it being like, oh, this was back in 2004. It's kind of a little yeah. dated. It's, it's recent enough that it's a good representation of where the game is now without being too over the top in it. Yeah. And I think it does a really good job of like just culminating all of what survivor is and has become and the cast is incredible it's our first outing of miss queen michelle fitzgerald that's right that's right i stand her i stand uh sydney if i'm mm-hmm. that's her name right yeah yep. I'm already forgetting names i'm two people in um <laughs> there's also a girl a female contestant, sorry, early in the season. And she goes, I was going to clip it. And I was like, this is me after watching one episode of Survivor. And she goes, I love idols. I love multiple idols. I love competitions. I love the game. I love Survivor. And I was like, same. I'm trying to think of who that would have been. It wasn't Debbie, but it was like, oh, I don't know. Because it's not the really, really young woman who's like 18 on the show. Yeah, She's blonde. I think, was she Alicia on like the bronze tribe that she kept like Maybe. surviving her own boot episode numerous times? <laughs> yeah. I think it, it might have been. been her because she was just like annoying everybody. But for some reason, she just stayed around longer than you expected her to. You love this season. I do. I think that it's such a, um, like you already said casting, but the cast is amazing. And it, everyone gets like a good amount of edit and screen time as well. So it's not like completely filled with random people who you're wondering like, where did they come from? What's going on with them? And it's such a like female dominated season, it feels like, or um, it just feels like I, a queer season for some reason, even though there's really not a lot of like queer cast members, I don't think, but really it just feels that way when I watch it, if that makes sense. It makes sense to me, I think, not to speak for you, but I think maybe like Survivor, when it's at its best, it it uh, says something that I don't mm-hmm. think it intends to say. And this season has a really spectacular cast and it's very female forward. Yeah. Um, it doesn't remind me of fan uh, versus favorites, but there is an energy there that's kind of like 
the women coming together yeah. closer to the end, everyone protecting themselves and flipping on like the guys, which I like to see all the time. Yeah. There's that one moment. I don't, you've probably passed it at this point, but like it's post-merge and it is the point where the season could either go really well or really terribly. And that is, there's like two men, Scott and um, I forget the other one's name, like Jay something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, you didn't really know if they were going to end up in power and kind of controlling the season or not, but it turns out that obviously they were voted out, but had it gone the other way, had they made it to the end game, we would not be talking about the season right now. No, because I just finished that episode where one of them got voted out and there was the flip on them. And I was like, yes, Yes. thank God. And, um, there's Ty's idol as well. And they're kind of looking at him and they're like, are you going to play it? And he's just like, "Mm mm-hmm. No. So I was just, I was going to say they have the super idol this season, which yeah. means if you, if one person has an idol and the other person has an idol, you can put it together, make, making a super idol, mm-hmm. which allows you to use it on yourself after the votes have been read, <laughs> which is fucking insane. I know. But yeah, it's with Ty and I love that Ty is like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you guys. And mm-hmm. then they get to tribal and he's like, doesn't seem like it's for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm good. I think I'm going to pass on this one, guys. Yeah. But I completely agree with what you're saying. That's the pivotal episode where it was going to go one way or the yeah, other. exactly. For and the season as a whole. Like, even still, you're coming up to the finale, and I should... You obviously know who wins, but it's such a point of... Not contention, I guess, because I feel like now most Survivor fans have embraced Michelle, which is good. But for a long time, I really yeah. feel like everyone was very, like, Aubrey deserved... And I love Aubrey too, but there's just something about Michelle, but you have to get to the actual finale to see how that all unfolds. So I didn't remember Michelle was a winner until last, not last week. I started watching this week till like a few episodes ago when I was watching it. And I was like, wait, I'm like, who wins this season? Wasn't Michelle on winners? (laughs) Oh fuck. Michelle wins the season because I'm like, at the beginning, she's barely in the edit, and mm-hmm. then she finds her way into the middle of the ed- in the season. She finds herself an edit there, which is great because I think they were like, uh, "We weren't really focusing she, on this." She didn't girl. have to go to tribal council for the first like half of the game because her team just kept winning. I think, and so like, what really can you give her in terms of an edit? Yeah, and I remember you telling me that the fans were kind of um, not upset, but just like. Uh, uncongratulatory towards her because it was maybe quote-unquote like undeserved because she doesn't win a lot of competitions Mm -hmm. but she is a great social player which is uh undervalued I feel there's that she and Sophie another like favorite winner of Survivor they have like a picture together on Twitter and years ago I forget which one of them said it but they captioned it like Jeff Probst's two favorite winners in like (laughs) Total sarcasm because I'm sure that they were not Jeff Probst's favorite winners. Oh, sure. Jeff would have loved one of those guys who got voted oh, off to have won. A million percent. Yeah. Truly. But I'm so happy that you're enjoying it though, because it really is one of my favorites. Yeah. You know, it's just like with relationships, sometimes you need a time apart. And for me, it was more <laughs> than about a year and I needed to just step away. And then I'm now I'm back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, I know you watched something the other night for the first time, which is one of my favorite recent horror movie remakes. Let's talk about it. Fright Night. Fright Night 2011. Anton Yelkin, RIP. 
Tony Collette, Colin Farrell, that blonde model girl whose name I always think is like Bijou, but it's not Bijou. It's something like that. I'm going to look this up as I'm talking about it. Okay, I'll keep going with it. I also saw this in theaters with uh, like six other people who realized it was released. <laughs> it, it flopped. Did it? it was a flop. But, um, and I know you haven't seen the original. What's her name? Did you find it? She's not? Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm Imogen Poots. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Bijou, you know, sounds like. Bijou, Imogen. Yeah. Um, I think at one point, I would call Imogen the singer, Emogian. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not to be confused with Emodium. Mm, I mean, depends. Depends on the day. Yeah. <laughs> Why well, did you laugh? Um, I really had a fun time with it. I mean, honestly, any, I mean, A, it's a horror movie already mm-hmm. sold. B, Tony Collette is the mom. You're continuing on a great streak with me. And see, it's just like, it was a fun time. I had a really good time watching it. It's not too serious or too dark. It's just exactly what's needed. Yeah, it's the perfect, I would say it's too long. And there's Mm -hmm. a a portion with the other people, like the weird vampire-ish guy, not Colin Farrell, the villain, I think. And I'm like, we could have cut a lot of this out, Mm -hmm. but it's really... Farrell's not playing against type because I do think he often finds himself in this kind of villainous role, but like this yeah. weird role. Mm-hmm. But it's like everyone's having fun, and I had fun. Yeah, I I really there is something about that whole subgenre of I'm suspicious of my neighbor. Yes, which really gets me. Whether it's woman in the window disturbing <laughs> rear window. This okay, Disturbia is she's that girl. No skips. There's no skips. Any movie that features previous Much Music VJ, Amanda, uh, what's her name? Speak on it. You know that you're in for a classic. You what do they you're... call her in the movie? Skinny, oh. skinny, scary, skinny? No. Scary, skinny. Mini, <laughs> uh, mini. Was her name Mini? Yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's just pretend like she was called Scary, skinny. I, no, it was something like that. Yeah. I don't remember. That movie, like I know Rear Window is beloved and I love Rear Window too, but mm. Disturbia is that rare. Like we're lifting everything right from that. Yeah. Not calling it the same thing at all. It's not the exact all. same thing. Yeah. Sh- uh, Shia LaBeouf right out at the peak of his fame mm-hmm. in a great performance and genuinely thrilling. Very much so. It was 2007, right? Yes. I think it was. Or eight. Yeah. It was so yeah. good that Rihanna released a song named after the movie, which, hello. <laughs> hello. If there's anything more you need from a rock and roll performer. It was crazy. Just going back to Fright Night, I kept yes. thinking the whole time watching, just the fact that we have Colin Farrell I'm not mad at him whatsoever. I was just looking at him on screen and I was uh, on screen and I was just thinking like I've seen I've seen your sex tape. Okay, that sex tape. Like I don't watch straight porn, but <laughs> the way Survivor 32 is queer, Colin Farrell's sex tape is also queer. Very much a part of my history. Same. And your history. I remember where I was when I watched. Yeah. It. 
There was a chapter of, I think, 2002, 2004, where it was like, there were so many headlines coming out that were about Colin Farrell that were really tailored towards the gays, I think. Like, do you remember? There was that movie, I think it was called um, Home at the End of the World. And supposedly he has like, he had a full frontal scene and there was so much hype going into the movie about Colin going fully naked. I don't think he actually did, but I remember at the time I was just like, Google, tell me the truth. And then Alexander as well came out, which was a gift in terms of Colin Farrell visuals. Oh my God, that when they were trying to make Colin Farrell a movie star and everything just flopped up. Like Alexander made $7 at the box office. And, <laughs> and it's I funny because obsessed. I was probably in the theater for all of these, just like, yes, I'll make him a movie yeah. star. <laughs> yes, queen. I will. Um, I love him. I think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. I think um, Fright Night, I mean, is not the greatest example of that, but it's it's a great example of his versatility, which we didn't get to see in the sex tape, unfortunately. <laughs> but we got to see his shaved head because it was... He was the villain. Uh, Daredevil, yeah. Daredevil, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't want to spend too much time on the sex tape, but I could if I could. We could. The plot (laughs) was there. Um, I watched some... Okay, wait, hold on. Before I get to what I watched last night, Uh and it's a great segue for later on in the (laughs) podcast, but there's a scene in Fright Night that I love where Colin Farrell's character is watching Jersey Housewives. Oh, my God. And I was watching it and I was like, yes, this is what I want from my media. Don't you love whenever horror movies include things that really just come out of completely left field, but are like literally catered to you? I was like, wait, did I like, obviously I'm like, I'm not that special, but I was like, oh my God, thinking of putting this character watching like whatever reality TV. And he's like picking out in the kitchen kind of, and just like sitting in the chair. And I was like, I didn't being a, being seen on screen is nice. Yeah. It's like in Freaky when they had uh, oh, yeah playing as well. We need more horror movies that are unafraid to bring in the real housewives is what we're saying. We need more gays writing horror movies is what we need. Come on, guys. Let's get to, let's get to the scripts. Let's do it. Um, last night I watched um, Spy. Mm. I mean. Let's just soak it in. Soak it in. <laughs> Stop it up. Because this movie is truly a classic. Oh my god! Okay, I, I, that sounded like the door. Oh, door closing. <laughs> like I'm sitting next to my, I'm sitting next to my screen door, which is closed for my balcony, and it honestly just sounded like something was pushing up against it. I don't know. The spirits hear us talking about Spy, and they're all excited over in my apartment. It's Roseburn coming you know? to get you. Yes. Um. Spy is one of those movies that I also feel like is beside Bridesmaids that I think I've seen it like a hundred times, mm-hmm. but, and I have seen Spy probably like seven or eight times. For sure, at least. And last night I said, let's add another tick to that number scroll. <laughs> um, watched it. Yeah. Now I had a treat. So my sense is relevated. Yeah. <laughs> what I am going to say though, there is a joke per minute in that movie and every joke hits. Yeah. It's, if you didn't like, no. like the one before, you'll like the joke after that. You'll forget about the one that you didn't like. If a joke flopped, there's something much funnier coming ASAP. And there's just so many side characters and main characters, but it doesn't feel too bloated. You have like Alice and Janney there doing her thing, talking about pink eye. Oh, 
Like even, and again, for a podcast that talks about women and how great women are in movies and TV. Yeah. I will say that the guys of Spy really hold their own, like Jude Law uh, and Jason Statham. Fantastic. Jason, Jason Statham. I know it's like, maybe you look at that kind of performance as like over the top and it's very like showy. Sure. Yeah. But like to land those jokes and the math that's behind like, I ripped off my arm with this other arm and then I put it back in the socket. Like, it's just so stupid, but it's so fucking funny. Yeah. And like you said, the cast isn't bloated. It's just really well cast and Mm -hmm. rounded out. Mm -hmm. But every full force comedic performance is funny. Everyone is funny. There is no one in that movie who's not funny. Do you have a favorite joke or scene or bit? (laughs) I tweeted it. One of my favorite jokes is when she's in the restaurant, Melissa McCarthy's character with Jude Law, and she's like riffing it. And she goes, "You couldn't take you couldn't take me somewhere fancier, cheapskate." Da da da. And she keeps like giggling, and then he goes, "You know, the Burger King was all booked out." And then she goes, "Ha!" And like scream laughs, <laughs> yeah. and then it's silent. I don't know why, but it just kills me because it's Jordan visibility. It's very much my laugh. And yeah. then there's like. Obviously, the rose burn. You look like my two demented ants. Yeah. Incredible. You asked me for one joke. I'm giving you seven. Exactly. The, her reading, reading the wine list in the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Perfect. What's your favorite joke? Um, I love, I mean, everything that you said was a great example, but I will always love when she's trying to warn Jason that there's a bomb in his backpack and she's chasing him through the crowd and then she ends up going through this like busy little square with a concert going on and so she gets on stage and she goes up to the microphone but she doesn't realize that there's like a weird auto-tune effect on the microphone so it goes all more like it's very distorted and I laugh every single time it's so stupid but I just think it's the funniest thing it's uh, I love that scene too I love I love Rose's character because she's just outwardly mean and <laughs> obviously that's the intent. But my favorite thing is that she thinks Melissa McCarthy's character when she's dressed up is literally the ugliest thing in the world. And she goes, "Let we have got to talk about that hideous outfit you're wearing. It's just hysterical. <laughs> There's an amazing blooper reel that we talk about from time to time. It's online. You can find it but it's specifically like Rose Byrne bloopers in Spy. And there's one stretch of like that, that scene where she and Melissa are at like a wine restaurant or whatever. And it is so funny just seeing Melissa improvise. And it's weird because when Melissa is bad, it's the same thing she's doing in Spy. Mm -hmm. But when she's directed right, and you know who directs her wrong, and I'm not going to say his name on this podcast. It's her husband. (laughs) Because you see her switch characters when she goes uh, into the mode of pretending to be the security guard for Rose Burns' Burns character sent by her father. So she goes full Melissa McCarthy, which is like full vulgar, full swearing, whatever. But you're like, oh, this in this capacity works because... What Melissa doesn't get credit for is like putting such a sweetness behind that character. Mm -hmm. Because my other favorite part <laughs> is when she's earnestly excited about getting all the gadgets and yeah. they're walking yeah. through the room. And I forget her name, but the the actress who plays like her helper, the really tall yeah. British lady. Yeah. She they see the fancy car and she just like screams <laughs> and she goes, ah! 
<laughs> get that? Oh. And then it's like hemorrhoid cream. Which uh, is like a beaches so, watch. Yeah, it's so <laughs> stupid, but the way they're selling it, obviously it's it's supposed to be stupid. It's yeah. that spoof, but it's even like when Allison Janney looks at the tape for Melissa McCarthy at like some secret training <laughs> thing, and Allison goes, Holy fuck, where were you hiding this? I almost put it on YouTube. <laughs> it's like when Melissa McCarthy is like having a good time, but also confident. It's yeah. just so funny. It's the perfect recipe and like her against working against Rose in that perfect like recipe of the two of them together and Rose going full camp, the hair, the dress, the accent, the Bulgaria (laughs) storyline. It's fantastic. Do you think like, do you think that we will ever get a sequel to that? No, I don't think so. It's like what seven years out now, which is also crazy to think of, but like it should have happened already. And I'm frustrated that it hasn't because Mm -hmm. I don't, I really love having a a singular comedy that is a classic. And I think spy honestly is like a comedic masterpiece. It's perfect. And the action is really, really good too, which is that great balance. Mm -hmm. Um, It reminds me of another scene when she's, fighting the guy in the terrace and he falls over the edge and all the blood is spewing out of him. And Melissa's like, Oh, don't barf. Don't barf. Oh, I'm barfing. (laughs) Fully vomits Um, everywhere. Which I hate a vomit joke, but in this capacity, it works. I'll take it. No, I don't think so. And I also, Mm -hmm. I would love to see it because I don't think there's a time date on a spy sequel. It can work in whatever era we're in. Yeah. I just, I want to see it. I know. I feel like I, it is very much a part of like today's kind of cons- consuming culture of like demanding, like we need a sequel. We need a second season. We need X, Y, Z. But I think in the case of Spy, I just really want another fun, like Melissa, Rose, Paul Feig. Yeah. Comedy. That's what I want. That's, that's what, I, what want. I really want. Yeah. And yeah. I, uh, I, I love Paul Feig. I know you love Paul Feig. And I think in this, like this, a simple favor, Bridesmaids, obviously I'm probably forgetting a bunch, but like all that works the best for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, what else did you watch? I mean, really, that's largely it for my week, but did you want to talk at all about uh, our friends over in Beverly Hills? Like what, did you watch anything else this week? Okay. I would love to talk about Beverly Hills. And if you don't listen to the Housewives portion of this podcast one how dare you two i'm watching you three i can literally see when you dip off four yes we're going to talk about it yeah okay i have watched every episode of this current season of beverly hills and there's only two episodes but i've watched each one twice well there's two (laughs) i've watched all of one premiere two times i'm obsessed with this season it's just such a fun well-rounded huge cast that I am just having the best time. Like it's really hitting on comedy. It's uh, looking like it's promising to give like drama. Well, obviously there will be drama. There will be fights, but I'm loving it. It's giving us what, and I I hate that I use this example all the time, but it's giving us Roni season seven. It's Mm -hmm. giving us a football team of a cast, but it's giving us, this is why Roni in its heyday worked because if there was not drama and, New York doesn't put its uh, entire weight into the drama of it all. Mm -hmm. What it puts its weight into or what it used to not anymore is kind of like quick fights between 17 different people and then brevity throughout. Mm -hmm. So what makes New York work so well is like 
there's Carol and Bethany fighting. And then behind her at the same table is Sonia and Tinsley making out. Like yeah. that's, that's sheer genius. Yeah. So now with this cast, I'm going to say Kathy Hilton is mm-hmm. our Sonia Morgan for Beverly Hills. Honestly, I was thinking about it today while I was walking in the sunshine and I was just so happy that we have been gifted Kathy Hilton. Yeah. And the fun thing is that I don't even really want, like, I'm not going to be, well, it's only been two episodes again, but I'm not going to be like, she needs a, she needs a diamond. Cause if this is just her side character weirdness as a friend of, I will gladly accept it. It's so fascinating. It's so interesting. It's so weird. People have been comparing her to Tammy Brown online and it's very that. It's just like, (laughs) the energy is just like, also the three sisters are all so different from each other, which is so like captivating from like, like how many more Richards Hiltons are there to give us? (laughs) That's the thing is because we've gotten so used to seeing the energy that Kyle and Kim bring, which is, which has been great, has given us a lot. But now we're finally seeing this third rare uh, sister finally make her appearance on the show. And it's just in such a wacky way. Um, like there's a scene a in the episode coming end. up where she's tossing back martinis. And I'm like, this yeah. is exactly what I want. And that's what the cast needed was somebody to a not. A drinker, 100%. We have to say it. Like someone like that, who's also like, not a comedian, but like, like everyone's tweeting like you know she might not know what she's doing i think she kind of does even if she doesn't whatever she's doing completely works like that 30 second scene of kyle and her trying to plug in a fan (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) fantastic her calling rena mrs hamlin which is (laughs) fucking hilarious to me asking are we gonna have any treats also Tom texted me this, our friend, and he said, kind of like, as wacky as she is, it it feels very authentic to who she is. And her with Garcelle, with Crystal, who I'm obsessed with, Mm -hmm. we'll get Mm -hmm. to in a second, and Sutton, who's like mostly pretty real. Yeah. Lisa Renna now looks like an insane clown. Yeah. Lisa Renna is like the most... um performer like where you kind of Mm. see the the strings yeah whereas everyone else are just enchanted puppets off doing their own crazy thing oh sorry yeah i've always seen the strings with rena like they're always there but now that there's like some groundingness to them Mm -hmm. that's not teddy who's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum yeah um crystal a great addition that is how you cast a 35-year-old housewife mm-hmm. who is new, who we do not know. Yeah. But I want to know everything. Yeah. Like the home scenes, I was enchanted. Yep. I love her housekeeper. I love just the way that Crystal operates in terms of social settings. I think she's very cool. There's just something about her that uh, is really like checking off all the boxes that we need from a new housewife in Beverly Hills, no less. Uh, yeah. And I think there's a, like you said, there's a confidence to her that I like mm-hmm. aspired to in group settings. Like she doesn't give a fuck. No. And it could be intimidating, I guess, to be a bunch of crooks and uh, Lisa Reno, like, but really she's like the cool person. Yeah. There's very rarely, is there a housewife who comes on who's maybe not like aspirational might not be the word, but you look at her and you're like, Oh, like you're like, cool like you're legit yeah yeah oh your brother is a pop star okay like dorit 
tries so she's mm-hmm. not cool and erica's an asshole so obviously but yeah. they think they're cool where crystal is just authentic yeah this is just her life and she's living it same with garcelle this season <sighs> who i'm obsessed with i was so worried when she was yeah. originally announced that she was going to be co-hosting the real yep I was worried that that means, oh, she's either not returning to Beverly Hills. And if she does, she's not going to have that much time to film. So when she does film, she'll probably just kind of, and she was fine last season as well. Don't get me wrong. I liked the Garcelle experience from last season, but she understands what this show is now and how to do this show and how to do it in an engaging way. And she's doing it. She is in every scene. She's Mm -hmm. opening episodes. She's closing episodes. She is not driving drama, but we said this last week. I love that she's not forgetting what happened and yeah. also isn't afraid to literally look at Lisa Rutter and say, you're full you. of fucking shit. I'll yeah. shut up. That scene was so deranged. Lisa just jumping up and down in the bed, happy that this person does not like her. Like, are they you don't have okay? have to pretend to be friends. Like, I, it, it just so unhinged to me and garcelle sitting across from her with glow sticks on her wrist and her neck <laughs> me but yeah. i was it was the same when they were at the airport rena kept jumping every time someone walked into the airport and there's just like i don't know i love i have loved what rena has given us mm-hmm. amsterdam because of her and kim is and eileen yeah you beast how dare you forever iconic but i do think a switch is happening currently and it's funny because i texted you and a couple others this but in in our comparison to roni seven i said to jordan that there is someone in the front running right now to win the Kristen takeman lvp award (laughs) least valuable player which is not an insult by the way i should say i love i'm a i'm a take maniac i love Kristen takeman and i love what she gives and that person for Beverly Hills so far is Dorit, strangely, who has up until this point been not like central to all the plots go like of the last few seasons that she's been in, but she has been always like, a, there. a main player. But yeah. this season, based on two episodes again, like we're really just talking about a couple of episodes, she doesn't have uh, like any dogs in any fights. Dorit is great for like sound bites. Mm-hmm. Guys, guys, Lisa, Bibe. Bibes, Kyle, no, that's, that's Bimini. You're doing it Bibes. better than me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she's been, the, like you said, the central force for drama. And she's had her moments when she was on that not, not boat and like reading Erica. She did great. Yeah. Some other scenes also great when she attacked Kyle last season. I love that. But this season, I think. When the new players are as good as they are, Mm -hmm. the secondary, which was once the main cast, is kind of like, well, where the fuck do I fit in? And Kyle's really good at always finding her camera. God bless. Kyle's the main character. Like, as much as it pains me sometimes, she's the main character. I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm interested to get your take on it. I know we're only two episodes into the season, but Mm -hmm. I was trying to picture the reunion couches. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be... Garcelle, hmm. either Kyle or Lisa beside Andy, or Garcelle and then Erica on the other couch. Do you know what I'm trying to well, say? See, this is the fun part because I question do you think that we're going to be at a point where Erica even comes to the reunion at all? So she's not doing 
press for this season, which I think is, she might not abide by the law, but she currently is now. So I think she can't promote it because then you have to talk about it. So if you talk about it, then Mm -hmm. I don't know how the law works. Um, so I agree. I think that I was also envisioning a, a, a reunion where she doesn't exist in the reunion. Yeah. I think, I mean, Garcelle has spoken about how she and Kyle have connected on a, a deeper level this season. So I don't expect yeah. any more from their feud to happen, but also I don't really expect this Lisa and Garcelle thing to be that much of a pivotal thing to the season. I think that depending on how this whole Erica thing shakes out, I wouldn't be surprised if Erica was the one next to Andy on one side. And then on the other, it might be Sutton. It might be a judge. It might <laughs> And a jury. Orphans and widows. Because like, I think Garcelle and Sutton on yeah. the same team. Crystal beside them. But Crystal also has beef with Sutton. Sutton. Well, I sometimes love when they used to like put people who have beef on the and same they just couch have to face one another. <laughs> yeah. So awkwardly like pivoting their body. <laughs> if I was because I was watching the Jersey reunion, which I don't really feel like talking about, except for mm-hmm. Teresa's a fucking stupid mm-hmm. idiot. Mm-hmm. But they all sat so like spines up, ladies. No one was leaning over. I would have been like, like that the meme like yeah. you know like not leg sitting over in a chair my head. properly yeah and it's not because i'm gay it's just because like an 18 hour shoot day i'm tired yeah my legs will find weird positions to go in and you just have to run with it i would actually be brandy glanville doing a video call into the reunion for the season i wasn't on to say hey ladies <laughs> yes. remember no, I would me be, we, we talked about this last week i would be camille fully walking off set unzipping my dress the minute I step off those couches. Sorry, I'm, I'm actually Jill Zarin wearing the Team Jill embroidered <laughs> shirt. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Like, bless these women. No, I Beverly Hills is, when it works, it's like candy. Yeah, it truly is. And I just want more and more of it right now. It, I think I said this last year when we would sometimes mm-hmm. very rarely really never happen. Talk about other things on the survivor podcast. And I said the same thing about that season. I was like, I wish they dropped the whole season right now. Yeah. Like I just would love to more. see. I want to, I yeah. want to binge it. I want to be able to almost like, I, I miss the days when I was discovering some of these cities for the first time. And so there was just always an episode to watch. And now that you're all caught up, it's like the most depressing and frustrating feeling ever we've we have never really talked about in this podcast and i know we're gonna wrap it up soon but you didn't watch any housewives until three years ago yeah four years ago maybe and now here i am fully like waving the bravo flag do you like who you were before or who you are now who i am now it's so (laughs) much better to embrace um the modernity 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 but like you know when there's like a pop culture blind spot that you know yeah. that like exists but you have not a lot of interest to check it out but like it's just so worth it sometimes to take the plunge because your life will i hate saying that i hate saying that my life is enriched because of the housewives but it's very like it there's a glee and there's like a um watching it really helps uplift me when I'm in a bad mood. It's just now a show that is such a comfort 
And I'm invested as stupid as it is and as stupid as these shows can be and boring sometimes. It it is just so wonderful at the same time. No, I agree with this. The blind spot for me was Survivor, right? And I, I, I wasn't that person, but we've talked about it where I was like, is this show still on? And it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. motherfucker, it is. Here are mm-hmm. these great seasons. Watch, watch them. And then you do feel enriched. I feel yeah. more enriched having watched Survivor. because I mean, it was I the partake. same when you watched, when you first got into Drag Race, too. Oh, my God. Don't air out my laundry. But yeah, gonna, that was, <laughs> that was a long time it. ago. Yeah. For those who don't know, I came out last week. <laughs> no, I came out at like 25 and Josh was like, okay, so here's some things to watch. Yeah. And I had ignored it for so long just because of my own like um, insecurities and whatever. And then you said, okay, start with season three and then four and then five and then six and then seven. Before you you knew it, we were watching it live in bars. Yes. And I think that at that point, the most recent season was season eight. Yeah, it was season season. eight. That's when we first started kind of watching it together. Together. And then All uh, All Stars 2 premiered shortly after which was just a cultural moment and you were there for it and you were yeah invested for that. You know, we've changed each other's lives for better or for we worse. We really have. Look at all the look at all the joy that we've given one another. <laughs> um you know what, Josh? I think that might be all she wrote today. <laughs> she said I got no paper left in this typewriter. She said I've yet to have dinner and I am hungry. Same. So we're going to go eat. (laughs) Not together. I'm going to go order something very unhealthy and live my truth. Okay. Is it Subway, A&W, or McDonald's? It's not going to be any of those. I think (gasps) I wanted to order tacos, but my place isn't open. So now I'm just in this moral crisis where I have no idea where to go or where to order from. Okay. Okay. I have a taco place. I'll text you after. I'll just say to you after we stop recording. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) You go have yourself a magical night. I will. You too, Josh. All right. See you later. See ya.